0: Welcome to another episode of the Universe Within podcast. This episode of the show is being sponsored by the Amazonian Plant Healing Center, the Temple of the Way of Light. I've worked at the temple for almost the past decade, and I can really attest to the quality of the work that they do. Um, they work with the Shipibo lineage and predominantly working with the Plant Medicine Ayahuasca running uh, 12 day retreats, six ceremonies, working with four healers or coranderos, two to three facilitators, which are kind of like the bridges between the work that's being done and the guests coming down. Um, they have a pre ceremony yoga class and teacher working with uh, Shipibo, people who specialize in massage and bone work, uh, plant medicines. So it's a really amazing support staff. So if, with, um, if, working with ayahuasca is something that interests you. It's a really amazing place to go. They've unfortunately been closed during the pandemic since March of 2020, but they're scheduled to reopen in June of 2021, June of this year. Uh, so hopefully that happens. And uh, it's just a, it's in a really it's a really amazing place to go down and experience the benefits of of working with these plants in this holistic system, working in a lineage that really has a strong tradition of of the the understanding of of how to work with these plants. to heal on all of the different levels, the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and just an amazing group of people to really make that experience conducive. So if you're interested in working with Ayahuasca, you can visit their website at templeofthewayoflight.org and I'll also put a link to that in the show notes. Also, myself and my colleague, Marav uh, Artsy, who I interviewed, I believe, in episode number 28, uh, we're going to be running uh, dietas in the Sacred Valley of Peru in Urubamba, um, and that's a really amazing opportunity to go really deep into this world of working with plants. So dietas... Kind of the traditional process in which one goes into isolation uh, fasts, eats very little food and ingest uh, one of these kind of master plants or teacher plants to really begin to to learn and to heal from it on all of the different layers um, we were trained in a specific lineage working with tobacco uh, and and various trees which are considered these really beautiful and amazing uh, connection plants plants that connect us uh, kind of symbolically through the earth and and to the to the heavens and and really just have an amazing ability to to heal and to teach so um, we are running diets right now this show is being shot a little bit early um, so in March but probably by the time this comes out the next one will be in May and then also we'll be running uh, some diets in September. Um, and possibly another one, but that's still undecided. So if you'd like uh, more information about that, you can check out my website at Rustica.org and Marav's site at tobaccodiets.com. Um, in this episode, I interviewed my friend Martina, and I, I, I met Martina... Um, I don't know, probably like eight or nine years ago in the Amazon. We were both working at two pretty well-known centers. She was working at a center called Niwe Rao, uh, also with my friend Joe Tafur, who I interviewed in one of the early episodes. Um, and she's a, a really amazing person. She has a really beautiful story. She's just always very bright and, and full of really good energy. And she's been doing this work for a long time. She she went really deeply into that process of dieting, working in the Shipibo Line, Lineage. she combines it with other practices that she studied like somatic therapy meditation she brings groups to knee weirdo still so it was a really beautiful conversation i think we went about two and a half hours talking a lot about Uh, this work, Plants, Dietas, the Spibo lineage, her work with somatic therapy. So I really enjoyed this conversation, and I think you all will get a lot out of it. Um, If you're able to support this podcast, that's a really big help. Patreon is a a really good way. Uh, There's a link in the show notes. But it's a a really nice service where you can give uh, for as little as a dollar a month, and there's different tiers. And by giving, you also get something back, things like early access to shows, bonus material, Q&A's, things like that. So if you're able to do that, that's greatly appreciated and helping me to continue to produce these episodes. Uh, to all the people who uh, are part of Patreon, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate it. Um, there's also the option of uh, direct donating via PayPal, and I'll put a link in the show notes of that as well. And then if you're not able to do that, just going on the YouTube channel, subscribing to the show is a really big help, turning on the notification bell, liking the videos. Uh, feel free to leave any comments in the comments section. And then with the audio version, going on Apple Podcasts, subscribing to the show, and leaving a starred rating and a review. So if you're able to do that, thank you very much to all the people who have done that. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, So I think that's it. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Martina. It's really nice to see you. Thank you so much for coming on. So you're you're coming from Italy right now, which is where that's where you're from originally, right? The the north of Italy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm coming from um from a region close to the border to Austria, and we use so German. But we are Italian passport holders. We have Italian uh, schools and German schools. Hmm. And yeah, like an autonomy region. So my, my accent is German because my model which is German. But um, yeah, it's a really beautiful region where I come from a lot of names back to the roots. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> I met you. I met you originally in the Peruvian I Amazon.
1: I had to come back from.
0: Uh, sorry, we we have a little bit of a delay, but um, right. yeah. So I I met you originally in the Peruvian Amazon, and uh, I was working at a a big plant medicine center there. You were working at another one, Niueirao. Um so what what brought you originally from from Italy down to the Amazon when when I I guess I met you it was probably like 2012 maybe 2013 something like that it was quite a long time ago now um yeah. So, you've yeah. for a while mm-hmm. or what what ended up bringing you down to the to the Peruvian Amazon
1: Yeah so I came the first time to Peru in 2006 um I was doing um, a volunteer program at the Andes and uh, I worked there in a social project and I got really into that project and into like sustainable collaboration with um, in the project world. So I really um, got involved in that project and also started. Fundraising and um, building awareness about the situation the people in Peru. And I something touched me deeply when I came to Peru, and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I just felt something was about that country and about the people. And I met a wonderful person there that was that her name is Charles, and she. She, she, she was running that project. She's a nurse and she's a medicine woman from the Andes. And she worked uh, a long time with GP was in, in Pucallpa for six, seven years. She really back then when they were starting to do vaccinations and educating the Chippewas about health, uh, hygiene and healthcare. And that's where she got in touch with the medicine and why ayahuasca first. So I heard her talk about it but I I was some not really still I was curious about it but I I was not so she um, just mentioned it but I did not really go into that so and then I, I did a few years back forth I still had a job in Italy here so I always But I always had this feeling I have to go back, I have to go more. Every year I went back and spent a couple of months there in the Andes, really helping and getting so much involved in and suffering a lot. And uh, one day in 2009, I really asked Chow and said, tell me more about ayahuasca. And um, she told me more about it. And then she said, okay, let's go. And we went in September 2009. And then I, I drank ayahuasca, I think two or three times, and it was quite intense. <laughs> and, and I got a lot out of it, but I thought, that's it, I'm healed, now I understand my life, and <laughs> it's over. And then I called my brother and said, I'm never going to do this anymore, but you should do it. And I'm just staying in the end, is, This is so great, you know. It's just, I feel like home. And okay. And then he went. And then I never did first. Uh, and he he got deeper into the process. And then he, uh, I realized when he was talking to me, uh, I realized oh, there is something. There's more, and I was still not. I realized also in my life I was not, <laughs> I was just beginning to heal my wounds. And, and that's when I went back. And that's when I actually decided to leave everything in, in Italy and to move. And I didn't know what I'm going to do, but I just left everything. Like I left my apartment and I gave stuff away and my job was a little hard for my dad at that time because he said, what are you doing? You know? And then, but I had, you know, when you feel like, oh, you have to go, even if you don't know where this path will lead you. But it's just this, like this inner wisdom that you're following that that is so potent and so strong and not, and you have this extra security, nothing can go wrong. And that's what I felt. And, and that's how everything then unfolded, uh, unfolded, because when I was the second time there, um, my, there was a talk about um, um, Niverau being, um, being uh, founded, and my sister-in-law, my now sister-in-law, <laughs> was involved. And, uh, and Joe Tafur, uh, our friend, and then uh, it's just like we were talking to Ricardo, the shipibo shaman, that was our maestro and uh, is our maestro, and so it just like unfolded in a way um, that, and then it just started that uh, that I was spending more and more time in the Amazon to start also doing plant diets.
0: Yeah, agree. And
1: that's where I realized that the healing can go so much deeper.
0: Did you did you have any interest uh, before before working with ayahuasca? Did you have interest in kind of alternative medicine or or healing or health or psychology or was was drinking ayahuasca for the first time really just something that came out of the blue for you?
1: uh yeah I had interest in having a better life for myself and um <laughs> and um i i ha- i was not doing well at all so i I have been in therapy for like a long time before here in Italy, and I have been also on uh, the antidepressants for like five six years before but uh, so I, I tried uh, different things. I have been always interested in homeopathics and in, yeah, in in herbs and in stuff like that, because also my, my grandmother always, you know, here, they were always talking about the teas. We have a lot of teas here that are good for different things. But just like the basic things, when I got really interested was in the end days with my friend Charo because she was using it and she was also doing, she is still doing reflexology and, um, and doing some Andean, um, some techniques that she learned uh, through the way how to, how to heal uh, with the, yeah, with, with the herbs and the plants from the Andes. And so, That was was it, but I I was never, you know, I didn't do much for my body till then because I I suffered from eating disorder for many years, and so I was not very connected to my body, and it just was not getting better, and I had this feeling I had to try something different, and then, therefore, I was interested in ayahuasca, and that was different, yeah. Mm
0: That changed and a what, lot. what was I mean, I, I know these experiences can be so personal, but you know you you said those that that first couple of times you you worked with ayahuasca, it was obviously very profound for you. You kind of felt like you were healed in a way. what what do you what do you sense was happening in in those initial times where you worked with ayahuasca that that made such a profound impact with you?
1: that in my the the second uh ayahuasca ceremony brought me back to my childhood trauma um that i was not uh aware of or like i was not i thought i i had a feeling i had something happened to me early on in childhood but i did not recall or remember but my body did i felt that and then Ayahuasca really I remember still she told me now I show you what happened. And then I I, I I saw it and it was quite um a lot to digest. And and that was also the reason why I said, Okay, I I saw it now and I'm good <laughs> and that this is now also um in a way, I, it was also for me a shock I and mean, I didn't know how to integrate this. And so, uh, and I, I felt different. I felt healed, but I didn't know that there's so much to it and it was the beginning for me for the healing because I needed still to, to integrate and to, to realize uh, how I can actually have a better life and that is, I think, really important because it's not only the vision, but also how how can I um, will um, transform or how you would say, like, um, yeah, integrate all that from the vision then in the life that it comes out that I have a better life quality. And I was still struggling with that because I felt like, oh, is this something not uh, still happening? And then... I realized that the plant diet uh was really differ- different and beneficial for me like a longer extended period of time where you can connect with the spirit of a plant and the plant guides you uh through the process and gives you all this like helps and um uh, and support uh in in dealing with all that consequences that trauma happen might might cause you.
0: Mhm. So yeah. you 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 found yourself working with with these people like Joe Tafour, Ricardo Sita. Yeah. How did that how did that happen? I mean you know probably some people who are listening to this and they're kind of familiar with this work they they know of Niue Rao Um, it's it's a very it's a very well-respected center they they work with uh, Ricardo Mm -hmm. who's a Shupibo person Um, how did that how did that kind of start because uh, you know there's probably very few people in the world who are kind of part of the creation of a a plant healing center in a way so was it something organic where you knew him and you all had this mutual vision of like hey we should start something or what was that like for you
1: no that was very like you said organic and you would not you know it's not something where you said oh i i i want to part be part of this and then it just like happens in a way i in, in the center where Ricardo worked, and he was talking to Ricardo, who wanted to have his own center, which uh, his dream was to have a uh, shit center that is also like a, a really safe space for women, where women can come, and And he knew he couldn't do it alone, so he was talking to Marcus, and then uh, at that time, Joe was there and also... And then they started to talk about it and then i came uh in this uh during that time and i met the first time my now uh, sister-in-law and um and and joe and then uh, we were just having these conversations and i already decided okay i'm going to peru and i i leave everything and then we were talking about and i was working before in a hotel uh or in the tourism and then Joe asked me one time also if I would be willing to come and help with administration. I said, yeah, sure. I did not know what, what that would be looking like. And, and then, uh, yeah, so, but then there was a time where uh, twists and turns were happening and my brother was not being part of it anymore. And then uh, also we lost kind of, everybody lost contact. And a, a year later, I was in Iquitos, and I I occasionally um, bumped into Joe, and then on the street on my way to find the center because I was still needing a healing. And I said, I, I, I want healing. And then that was when the center just opened a a month ago, and we were you know. And then I was I came there and had my first plant diet and slept in the Maloka on the floor and. You know, there were no rooms and just like really basic things. And then it's just like, um, then my brother came back and, and, and it just like happened in a way. And then after a while, it, my, it turned out, okay, they need more help. And then my Marcus and me, we got more involved and we're translating and, and facilitating. And then at one point I, I took over the bookings, uh, for Niverau. And uh and so I was the booking agent wherever I I was. I was kind of then going back and forth between Andes because I was still running the project and the Andes. Uh the social project for children and and and, and teenagers and, and raising awareness about, you know, um, sustainable support. Uh so I was doing both things and then all of a sudden, yeah, it it just happened in a way. And then my brother and Svita built a house there and so we were always like trying to spend all the time together while working and and then we took we took turns, uh or we yeah, somebody stepped in sometimes maybe uh Joe asked me, I have to go away, can you come? And then I came and so it was just uh, very organic. We tried to have it very organically. And I spent a lot of time with my sister-in-law actually there too. But we both, two women in the in the Shipiva world, <laughs> and, which was a very um, bonding experience for me and her uh, as a woman and to continue and also starting to learn um and, uh, learn with the master plans and dieting while we were, uh, working and, uh, running the center and yeah. And, and dealing also with cultural differences and, um, language translation barriers. And it's like a really, it was a really deep, uh, profound, uh, beautiful and intense experience. And Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, many people listening to this are are familiar with kind of the plant world and what that entails, things like dieting. But for people who aren't, and and I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have maybe worked with ayahuasca, but they're not really that familiar with the the origins Mm -hmm. of it and how one really begins to do this work. So, Maybe maybe you could talk a little bit about like what that process was like for you, kind of an apprenticeship, and and what is a dieta, yeah. and why would one do that, and and what are the the types of things that come up in that process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, a macro plant diet, um, the Shipivo tradition, um, is um, is a process uh, of of a of a deep spiritual and um, and healing um, experiences. Um, the the diet. There are so many master plants in the Amazon forest, and uh, ayahuasca is one of those. It's the uh, uh, it's the mother, like la madre, like they call it in uh, in Spanish. And uh, in the Shipibo tradition, when you when you diet, then you have to prepare your body for uh for a diet, and that means you cleanse it with a vomitivo, like a purgative, and uh, you kind of um, make your 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 house you clean out your house to invite the spirit of the plant in your house and make it co- a comfortable place because it's all about um connection to the plant spirit when we drink ayahuasca in in the ceremony, we connect with the plant with the spirit of the plant and um when we additionally have a master plant diet, so we drink uh every day or it depends on which master plant uh, you're dieting you 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 drink uh, that plant which is not a psychedelic doesn't have any psychedelic effects um and in the really first ceremony <clears throat> after that protivo um, vomitivo uh, the the shaman connects uh you with the with the echo to the plant like he connects your 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 mind and your heart and your 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 soul your body to that plant and and that is the beginning of the of the dieta and the dieta requires also uh a lot of um a lot of um Things that a lot of people find hard to do, which is um, not uh, not eating uh, delicious food. Like Ricardo always says, we don't serve good food here; <laughs> we serve diet food. So, so it's no salt and no sugar and uh, no uh, no fat and very little vegetables, like only beans and uh, lentils, but major um, fish and plantains and potatoes and rice, a little bit of apple and bananas. And every every shaman has his own diet uh, program. Uh, at Niverau, Ricardo is pretty, pretty strict, like no eggs either. Like he feels like the less you... Uh, Indulge in a way, or like give uh, more options to eat, the better the connection is. That's how he, he his his take on is, and and um, so at Nivarau, um minimum days for the dieta was uh, ten days for people in the healing uh, process, and uh, it's a good start to to know how 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 this uh this works because I always say with the master plan it's like uh, to getting to know a person a friend it's a relationship and so you have to get to use how to how to work with it and how to how to deal with it and these uh, plans they can uh, help you and bring up also a lot of maybe feelings and they work in the dreams and they bring a lot maybe up memories. And it's sometimes very uh, uh, uncomfortable because a lot of maybe things that have been covered and not been really um, uh, coming to the surface, they can come to the surface with the plan diet. And the beauty of this is that when they come to the surface, we can clean them in the ceremony with the ikaros because the ikaros they have that healing um, power, the energy, it's cha- um, plant medicine that is channeled, and those are removing all these energies that are blocking our bodies, our lives, and um, and. And yeah, and master plant diets they can be done in so many ways. And for the apprenticeship, it's always a longer time period. And um, and this is when then at one point also uh, a melody or the singing comes in because the singing or the song is the plant that a person diets. And that's kind of the gift that the plant is giving you by all these restrictions, for it. because there's also no no sexual activity, and if you go gone very strict, it should be really isolated. When you have an apprenticeship, it's uh, no touching and not a lot of contact with people. So, but at one point, you will receive a song and that's a really magical and beautiful and unbelievable experience and i wouldn't i would never thought that could happen even to me but it it did and it and it it happens to many people
0: so when when you when you speak of this idea of of connecting to the spirit of a plant um
1: Again, mm-hmm. I, I
0: think for, for people who've done this work that that makes sense, maybe somehow to, to some degree, if that's possible. But yeah. um, but for many people, if they've never experienced that, I mean, I think we all know, like you were talking about homeopathy or herbal medicine, or I mean, even even allopathic medicine, most of it is is actually plant derived. So even when we're taking a pill um you know we're working with aspirin or something I mean that's that's the bark of of the willow tree uh you know many antibiotics things like penicillin they, they they come from fungi so you know most medicine or what we would think of medicine is somehow plant derived but I think most people when they think about medicine they think more in this allopathic way of working or herbalism where if I have a particular ailment and I take a, a plant or a medicine, and it cures that on the physical level.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So I think for a lot of people, this idea of, mm-hmm. of connecting to the spirit of a plant sounds very like woo woo, New Agey. Mm-hmm. How would you How would you describe that? And yeah. obviously, kind of like anything, like like there, we have an I think a, a saying in English, like you know, you can describe honey. You know, you can describe how it tastes. You can describe what it looks like, and but until you, you to t- try it, it's so. I know it's yeah. a little hard to to describe, but but maybe to like a layperson, mm-hmm. someone who hasn't done this work, what do you what are you speaking about, and and why is that important when you're talking about connecting to the spirit of a plan?
1: Yeah, yeah, this is a really good point. Um, also, I. Um, it it is um, a spirit a spiritual experience, I would say. Like it is, um, but it is actually also uh, a very human experience for me because it's a kind of reaching out, reaching out for help, reaching out for support, and maybe people can relate to that in a way like. Uh, that that is how it starts like I I reached out to to the plant and to say please help me to heal my deepest wants and and then th- that is for me the first initial thing of, of a connection longing for a better life longing for I want to um, take care of my problems and then the plant is uh, the pathway, is the the helper, is that support. So, like, um, like in other in other like in other ways, when you want to heal at something, and you reach out for a practitioner or, or you reach out for somebody, so that could be like the doctor in a way plant spirit. And they call it also, like the was they call it also and wisdom um, people. So I, I would say it's that. And then there is the experience of when you feel a presence. Uh, when you drink the plant and you prepare yourself that you want to do or go on this journey with this plant and then you feel you have this connection in um, in the ceremony uh, with the, the shaman connects to you with, to the plant, I feel afterwards, oh, there is a presence. There is something, you know. And actually, I was always, I liked it to feel, okay, where do I feel it in my body? And sometimes I dieted plants that I really felt in my body here and then I dieted plants that I more felt the air around it, And it's like you become very perceptive, like with the diet, like not eating uh, whatever you want to eat, which is also a a delicious um, distraction sometimes in life. You know, I feel sad and then I have my chocolate or something salty, you know, and this is not there anymore. It's just you with what you carry inside and and the the presence of the plant can be then very strong perceived in 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 the body or around you, and then also in the dreams. So many people also when we had in Ivarau, they were like really telling us, oh, the dreams are, are really changing. We had also people who never drank ayahuasca but had a plant diet and they had amazing dreams, and they were saying, wow, I never had dreams like this. So this presence shows up in different ways. Or you uh, this presence can happen then that you have an awareness or an insight even just during the day. And uh and and those are then that's then when I talk about the collaboration. But I think the initial thing is that reaching out and and just being also maybe really Raw and saying I I need I need help I need support which is for me the most potent thing in the healing process because then you're ready to to go to the places that you were frightened to see at first and to feel. Mm-hmm. Some, sometimes, something? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah.
0: people speak about in the dieting process that there's there's this differentiation between a a diet we would do for healing and a diet we would do for learning like an, an apprenticeship diet or a diet for, for healing something specific. Do you, do you think there's a differentiation there or it's really the same thing, or it just depends on the intention in which you're going to the diet for?
1: I have to speak for myself because I never like had an apprentice diet so to speak for me it was always to get better in a way so it was kind of me search <laughs> and with like me search it came out that I learned a lot and and I learned a lot that I can now um, share with other people and support other people because I I have been through and so I never made that distinction for myself uh of course there are different things like the long. There are like longer diets you need some extensive period of diet uh to receive the songs and to have a bit of a better connection and so that that is one thing but just for the intention i for me personally it was all about yeah, I wanted to learn about myself and I wanted to understand myself better and how I can relate better uh, to myself and also then to other people and how I can manifest that in life and have a really, uh, yeah, a better life quality and deal better with challenging situations. And that is actually what I brought in every diet and in a way like teach me how to do this and then also in the apprentice way you when you learn that the song you can even ask and 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 um you can ask and, and 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 the 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 spirit uh that they they help you to uh that to learn how to uh to remove things and so i for me it was like very um blending. In my personal experience, I didn't want to like say, oh, no, I'm not. uh, I'm not. I'm just here to learn singing and how to move the energy. So I'm not I don't want to like deal with what I'm just feeling right now. (laughs) So for me, that was my primary, always my primary intention. And there were like different people, like different approaches to it, you know, but I for me, I'm so happy because I, I. Uh, I just learned and continue learning so much about myself and and being and 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 how I I I am in the world and how I can relate to other people and ultimately also and how I can support other people. So that was my experience.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because in the in the Shapibo lineage, the 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 word for ayahuasca is is uni, and someone who works with that is mm-hmm. Unaya, and often that's translated to, to something like you were describing, like knowledge or self knowledge or, or wisdom, kind of in, in
1: wisdom, yeah. yeah.
0: This idea of of gnosis, which uh, I think is exactly what you're describing. Um, it, one thing you mentioned was this idea of the Ikaro, which is something that's very, very unique to some of the traditions of the Amazon, it seems, which is part of the healing process is actually singing to someone. And again, I think for a lot of people who maybe haven't experienced that, that seems quite strange that a huge part of the healing process is is sitting <laughs> yeah. in front of someone and having them sing to you. So how how would you describe that process like what is what is someone singing because even you know even a lot of people who've maybe worked with these plants they they've they've experienced the ikaro but obviously it's being sung in a different language and and many times people feel like they understand the words but you know in, in the tradition you're working with the Shipibo, obviously they're they're often singing in Shipibo. now it may be even a, a more antiquated version they would say often these are like ancestral words that aren't even necessarily used on a daily basis but yeah. how, how i guess how would you describe like what is the function of the Ikardo and 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 what are those words or what is what the the intention behind the Ikardo? what is that really trying to do
1: yeah um this is like um I mean, it's a treatment, um it's a treatment, the the song, the ikoro. That's how I would like to describe it. Um and I love that so much in the Shipibo tradition because it's so unique and it's so personal and it has a lot to do for me with love and support and uh I dedicate myself now to that person. Personally, I I am here for this person in this moment. I hold space for this person, and I I am yeah just there there for this person. And it's and every song is different, which is like this is not like oh I sing this song to that person and this song no. When you when the shaman sings to the um, to the pasajero, or we call a pasajero like somebody who passes by. That when the shaman sings, that is a uh, They have like the intention, maybe. Oh, yeah, this is a person who was dealing with this trauma or with that accident or with this problem. But then they start singing and they sing what they see, like they they sing what the visions are revealing, and then they're removing the energy. So the plant medicine that the shaman dieted before is uh, acting, or it's like, yeah, it's acting. Through that vibration and song and the words to the person and removes that that energy. The song, the 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 Shipibo language is yeah, like you said, they might not always use those words in their own like um, day-to-day life. Um, so they are they're very like also uh, based on energy types or on energy concepts or also on on concepts in shamanism how you work like for instance like when you call back a soul or when you uh, when you everybody when you kind of want to center everything uh, in the system so you work through different systems. And the words they are like how I learned it too is like it's very poetic. At one point, like they really then also think, like I am going. They sing maybe to something to your mind, and then they say I'm going to help you. Like there always also there's always this um, kind of also permission, uh, asking or giving it within the song in a way and. Uh, at least Ricardo always taught me, uh, that you always have to respect the world of the other people and of the other person and you, you cannot enter and, you know, and fix everything at once. And you also have to have permission and maybe also talking and seeing if this person wants to, wants to clean this. And because it doesn't also work if you don't want to. <laughs> you know, somebody's maybe holding on to something or not ready or like it's a it's a very yeah, it's so this like you're also in in in, in uh, yeah, in in a in a in a poetic way, they are also saying sometimes, Oh, I am going now to uh to call isn't the light in or is isn't this plant in and then I am going to uh, wash your soul and they have like all these like ways to say this and so many people sometimes when they have experience when they receive the song, they don't understand the words but sometimes they feel like they understood what was happening and they sometimes people had I understood what he was doing you know, and it's kind of this different consciousness, this different wisdom. Like I mentioned maybe before when I said, I just knew, like you cannot even explain with words. but for you, it's just so clear that this is the right thing that is just like happening right now. And I find, I so love this way of working because it is so personal and it's so personal. And it's like, this is just for you, this song. And, this is, I just really help you, you right now with this uh, healing process, just that uh, that setting in a way is, is for me personally already very healing. Because so many people experience um, abandonment when they have been uh, in a difficult situation and... I I yeah I just really like that approach in the Shipibo tradition.
0: Mm-hmm. You you use this term um, master mm-hmm. plant and kind of this idea that uh, you know maybe we could also say like a teacher plant that there's there's certain plants that have the ability to yeah. teach or to heal. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have this question of if if the plant is doing the teaching then then why why would i need to work with the shaman with the curandero if 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 all of the the knowledge is coming from this plant why couldn't i just take the plant and and experience all of the benefits because you know in in this tradition like the shipibo or or many traditions all over the world that that shaman or the guide was seen as a as a fundamental pillar that they were really essential and people wouldn't just yeah. work with these plants on their own. It mm-hmm. was very seen that mm-hmm. that we needed yeah. a, a guide or a person to hold that space. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess what what do you think is is the difference between the the knowledge that's coming from the plant and and then also the person who's holding that space and 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 what is the shaman doing? Like what is their role?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So the sh- the shaman is um, um is I I would say like he with the with the songs and with like the in the ceremonies like he is um creating uh, the 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 container or like the the right settings or the right conditions for the plant to work because um especially in when you haven't been uh, able to experience it before yeah they teach you but you ha- you have to learn how to how to work with with them and the, sh- the shaman already has that experience because he died it so many years and and that's what he can give uh them what he can give you he can uh he he always like centers the diet and also some plants don't have always like only a light side, but they have also the shitana uh, like the dark side and, um, and this side needs to be cleaned. And that's, that is the um, the job of the shaman to make sure that you have, that you diet and get the teaching from the, Pure pura medicina from the pure medicine, and and it sometimes it's not easy to understand uh, when you not clean the shaitana and uh, away, and then you think sometimes, oh, this is uh, my teaching, what the plant told me, but um, but that that's where the shaman comes in, that he can also in tell you when you might have a vision that you don't know what it means also that he can tell you oh this could be that and this could be that and then try this or try that so that is also in the learning process uh very important of course the, the shipibo shaman or at least ricardo he's not hanging out with you that all, all day like when you have an apprentice diet he's like going to your tumble when you don't feel good, come to me and I I help you. And if you have a question, I help you. And then learn Shipibo and try this and try that. So, uh, and it's not that they, uh, it's like, um, it's not that um, that idea of, you know, what many Westerners have. We had that in Nivera too, that they come and then they get like all this like day wisdom from 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 a Shifibo shaman, but you know them too. They're pretty, you know, uh, private, right? I like when you have you can have a laugh with them and you have of silly silly conversations which they love. But it's not that you would like have these deep conversations about the meaning of life. I mean, at least with my experience, you know, uh, in my experience. And it, they just really push you to go on your own journey, but still uh, that you stay on track. I think it's that, that you stay on track with uh, the plants And even in also in the healing process. And also you, or at least I, I need... Uh, or I want somebody in the diet also to help me to clean certain things that are coming up. And even if I learn, I can, I can help that or I can learn how to do it. But then sometimes you need also help that really, you know, comes from another shaman directly. And of course, then in a process uh, everybody starts then when you are like further on to diet, to make, to do your own diet and, and and have these little experiences but um but that's then further on in the in the process but i would say it's important to have uh yeah to have at first a good a good shaman that you can trust that he is kind of uh, giving you the right direction in the diet
0: Mm -hmm. you you mentioned this this interesting idea of 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 certain plants have a, a light and a dark and and even even in this world, the kind of the shamanic world, or I mean, even even in most religions, they speak of the same thing that there's kind of this battle between light and dark. And mm-hmm. and in in shamanic traditions, they would say, you know, there's the curandero and there's the brujo. There's there's the one who's who's healing and the 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 one who's harming. Yeah. It, it's it's obviously such a big subject and it, it's obviously very personal. But what have you found through your experience? Uh, kind of this idea of of light and dark and and good and bad and people who are trying to help and people who are trying to to potentially harm. Do you do you think it's it's very literal or it's more metaphorical or it's something in between? Kind of kind of what what's your what are your thoughts now for you know because you you've been working now for probably over a decade. What what do you what do you find when when people are speaking of that that light versus dark?
1: Yeah. So therefore, also, now I think the people want to go away from that um, term shaman, because uh, shaman could be either like the one who, you know, he harms or they, who is just using. So they want to go They go more on what you just called before the Onaya, like from Onan wisdom that they want to say they want that that know the one that who, the person that knows. And, um, because I think that is a huge, uh, topic and people want to make a difference. I'm not a brujo or he's a brujo. (laughs) I'm a curandero, you know, so curandero is a nice word, I think, because it means like, yeah, you help the person that helps to heal. Um, and, um, uh, light and dark is is uh it is present all the time. I would say, you know, in 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 the world, in the human beings, and and curanderos, shamans are only are human beings. We are not um uh they are not any different in a way like they are human beings. They who. Are, they really like learning and on their path, but also they have also their wounds. They have their traumas and they have their resentments and they have uh, their uh, also their. We would say like the things that they are struggling with. And my experience is wh- when when they are not able to deal with their own struggles. It's easier to go to go into that dark side that you're speaking about, and and that's why I also said to you before I I don't want to make a, a a distinguish about um, how you say like I don't want to like separate healing and and learning in that way because one really big learning that I got teaching from the plants was that. I have the responsibility and the, my job is, is always to take care of my thoughts, of, of my heart, and how, especially how I relate to others and to correct that. And that is for me being also, you know, in the light, like you can make mistakes and stuff, but that you are really aware what is my impact. And not many, not all, not everybody can do this because then they they have personal experiences and are hurt, and um, and that's how I perceive it. Uh, that these energies are are then used uh, from a wounded place. Actually, I would say like bohos are really wounded people that cannot see anymore. Uh another way out or how to heal themselves because they' are just covered in in this thought, and I just feel you know this is the same thing with in the healing, okay, you can have a really difficult life i understand I understand that i i I so understand when people are suffering and 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 when they are in pain. And so many things happen without, you know, that are not the thought, they are, they are not the the responsibility of those persons that are suffering, but there's, but there is one responsibility to, or the possibility to go on a path and heal that and not maybe, um, always, you know, blame it or be then a victim and, and. And play then out in that way, and I feel sometimes in the Buchos this is go, this is happening. But this is just my percep- perception, uh, how I see it, uh, and and I think that that is happening. That they are kind of then lost that they didn't they didn't like the lost the pathway to how they are feeling better with themselves, and then they project it to somebody else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, beautiful.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah. you you mentioned this idea of, you know, like even even for yourself is being really mindful of your thoughts and 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 that seems to be a really big pillar in this work. I mean, even often in in the process of dieting uh, one is often told, like, be really mindful yeah, exactly. of the thoughts of your words, you know, really stay towards the light rather than yeah. towards the darkness, the negativity, the blaming, the 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 being a victim. Um, and it's interesting because even the word psychedelic, it 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 means like the the mind revealed or the mind made manifest how how much do you think these plants are really trying to affect our mind uh because obviously there, there's a physical benefit to all of all of these plants the, the the medicinal benefit but it's often spoken of there's you know and again these distinctions are not necessarily true or untrue but the the level of of the physical that these plants can heal on the physical but then there's the the mental emotional and and then the spiritual level so what do you think is the role that these plants are really playing with with the mind because it seems like the deeper we get into this work in in a sense that's where so much of the the struggle or the suffering comes from is this this place of the mind the thoughts we have the 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 words we use the, the the way we look at the world so i know that's kind of a big question but what is your experience i guess with with plants and and how they're working on the mind
1: This is a huge, really interesting question. (laughs) Um, On ayahuasca, you can get also confused a lot. Things are happening, like I'm just now talking about when you drink psychedelic in ayahuasca, there can be like a lot of thoughts like Ricardo says always, oh, you can have 50 thoughts. Oh no, even 100 thoughts at once. <laughs> so he's And that's what he actually then also taught, taught to said like the important thing is the concentration. Like to concentrate and to gather your energy in the mind and to focus on the light. And I there is a lot like a lot of benefits that can happen when the plants are working on your mind, you know, and I ha- I speci- especially had this experience with coca diet that really helped me to center more um my mind and thoughts. It's just like I had really that experience that like this whole like dark things are coming out of me and it felt so different so clearer so sometimes and that is what a lot of people also experience in the in the in the process that then they are really clear at one point in the diet and that things are looking clearer that um that your your awareness is clearer and you have a different consciousness like you have a different way of of seeing things and especially I think a lot of people. What I uh, what I saw in New and also on my my side, like sometimes you are so stuck in a mind pattern or in something that you are so convinced of, and then the plant can give you a different perspective and a different angle, and that is such a huge experience that your whole thing can shift. And I think in other psychedelics, that is happening too, like. Um, And that actually then connects a lot the mind with, with the, um, with the emotion. Um, like I I had all the memories that are coming up that you never, we have so many people sometimes at Niverau that they, they were coming because, um, they had a struggle. A friend of mine came because her, um, her mother was, um, alcoholic and then, eventually she committed suicide and she said to me, I have no memory whatsoever. I just know her struggling. And then she joined Kairoska and these memories came up, these good memories with her mom. Like, so, and that totally, shifted her also emotional relationship with her mom, all, although her mom was already gone. So the mind got, um, like I, the plans for helping to access in the mind or in the memory uh, part, yeah, these bits of memories that have not been accessible anymore before. And and that is what happens also, you know, in, like it happened to me with this, uh, with a lot of traumatic uh, memories that have been so locked up in the mind, but then they came up. Again, so it can go in both ways, and uh, and as you know, you know for sure too that a uh, few people or uh, that are struggling with mental problems and um, that are not so um, um, uh, they they should not drink psychedelics or like ayahuasca in particular because sometimes we can you know uh really uh bring up all the chemical like can um how you say like uh, um not balance out the chemical or something is happening in the mind that they are just not being then in a good mental state. So that is also what is what can happen, you know. So um therefore I it's always be important to be careful it's not like oh the plant medicine is for everybody, I would say. It has to be, you know, very well um, thought about it, and it has to be very well checked and screened, and 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 it's not for every every mental condition. But overall, I experienced like this really interesting, um, uh, yeah, interesting event that the mind can be really also. Clear and not so, um, uh, yeah, not so ramped up with a lot of like stuff that we are like always carrying with that. But it's ultimately then bringing you back into that connection, uh, with the emotion and your and the body. I think that sometimes when we when we're struggling with the mind problem, it's just like disconnect and then we are like having this, um, we're living just up here. But then when our whole energy is up there, we don't realize the people that are really living up there, they don't have that connection that, oh, I have a body too. And the body can give you so many information, but just like uh, listening to the body, because I did also this experiencing training and I simply <laughs> with my mind uh, because and I, I I could learn some kind of exercise and when you bring it back into your body and more listening also to the sensations uh, to the body and of course the mind is part of the body but it's more that you know to have more this collaboration going on that should be holistic in a way but yeah I don't know if that is that's what you wanted to know about the, the mind.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, uh, plant. <laughs> so how would how would you describe your process? Was was it something also that, that just kind of began to flow organically and you just found yourself doing these dietas and and something in you just kept wanting to go deeper? And was there a certain point where you're like, okay, I've I have i have had enough and and now I'm 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 ready to to work or to do something else, or it's something that's still in 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 flux and flow and you're finding that balance um yeah, I guess just kind of what what was that process like for you
1: uh yeah, the same way, like it was kind of organic organically, right so um I was there at the center and you you help and you work, and then when you're just there then also. I wanted to diet and always to yeah to go to go deeper because I realized the deeper I went I realized that my uh, my traumas have been very complex and very um yeah the consequences also I had to unravel everything and it, that took some time and I got more interested in it the deeper I went because I felt, okay, I'm getting so far. So I want to have some more, uh, more, more quality of being myself and, you know, having, finding myself and, and, um, and having that feeling that, oh, I'm okay being myself. And it's beautiful, you know, like this stuff in that way. And then it just happened in a way that I, as I told you, I never, I never thought that I would apprentice. It just kind of happened. And it happened in a way I had a really personal experience kind of came in and said, so now it's, now you have to do this. And I was saying, no. (laughs) <laughs> I said, No, what what is this? No. I know. I said, You don't understand. I just I wanna heal myself and that and I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> because my sister in law she was always very um very interested in it and she was already in it and she was actually also very motivating me, like and I really thank her for that and but I was very, you know, slow in this. And then I just, and then I kind of uh, accepted that invitation and I said, okay, where does it bring me? And then it just started happening. And I I was really lucky that I could actually, because I was working there, then I could also um, work, help in ceremony and, and starting to practice under the wings of Ricardo and he knew somebody who always said go out and sing and 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 make your experience so so that was really where I felt then really you know also safe you know to to do it because he he was running the show and i <laughs> i could just jump in and have an experience of how i can support somebody and and so that that is how it happened and then eventually you know you get into it and you get you you see what is possible and you see, you know, that this is an endless world. This is an endless world and we are so small. Like this consciousness is tremendous big and, and there is, you know, there's so much possible and then you get like really excited about it. And I got excited about it and I still am. And I say, okay, and then I'm excited to learn the next thing. And it's just like, that's actually how I, I feel in general about me and my life. Like the, it's, it's so exciting to grow and it's like always possible. Like there's no limitation. And that is so comforting to me. Like, oh, wow, you know, I have always more possibilities. And that is, um, that's really exciting for me.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned this idea in the beginning of, of, of being two women in, in this kind of the middle of the Amazon and, and working with Shibibo and these cultural differences. What are, what are some of the things you're, you're referring to? Just, uh, I mean, the, the set and the setting was just so different or like what, what was that experience like for you?
1: Yeah, so um, I in Peru, generally, like, because I lived also in the Andes, like, I know this culture is very uh, masculine, like, um, patrica. how do you say, patrica? Patriarchal, maybe? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, okay. I can't say that word. Um, so for some years, um, and um, and that is something that yeah, it's a huge difference. And at 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 first, you don't really notice it, uh, but then when you really spend a lot of time, we have we have been you know respected and things, but but we have. Been women, you know, even for, with the workers, you know, they have been respected, but it's just like we just noticed when Joe was there, they were always referring more to him, you know, than to Svita in a way, you know, it's just like a, a very natural thing for them. And, and when we were there, and then especially in shamanism, like, um, it can be a little hard as a woman, um, to, to get in there. And yeah, um, they have that in their culture that they kind of uh, see the woman as a weak woman and they cannot be so strong and they cannot handle the energies. Their body is not handling their energies as well, you know, and uh, the diet, they're getting weaker, you know, and, you know, like so, some kind of stereotypes like that and and sometimes yeah it was um this uh, it was a little that is some cultural difference also in in the work you know with them and or like they're too soft you know and they're not uh, like uh strong enough or whatever but it it was always that not always really outspoken but you could really notice it and you could really feel it and i felt sometimes intimidated also, you know, in the Maloca when, when, when a lot of male shamans or curanderers were like there. And, um, and also another thing what you mentioned, you know, uh, I, I trusted Ricardo, but also what you mentioned before, when there were coming shamans in working, you don't, uh, you don't know these people, and uh, and and so you have to guard yourself in the ceremony and energetically sometimes. You know, it's like not the first thing because you are so open and you want to heal. So it's very important, you know, to be um, to be like um, cautious when you meet new people to see how. Uh, how they relate to you and also energetically how they approach you. And so it was um, that there were so sometimes the struggles, right? But it was not that nothing, um, um, you know, would say like really like huge happened. It was just like this, like, uh, you know, conversations that were coming up or like, uh, yeah, or things where we, we were just like, me and Twitter, and really thinking, oh, this is, this is interesting. We cannot, this is not, you cannot move. We cannot move as women from, in a Western world, right? It's just not, it's not, it's not happening. And, uh, and, and that is the reality. And that's the reality that I found in the Andes as well, when I was uh, dealing, uh, when I was running the social project as well so i i i knew that already but it is uh yeah it is um it is a learning a learning curve because also you want to like step up for yourself but these like cultural things like they don't they don't understand <laughs> like you would say you know in the western world like you cannot it's so hard to come in and change their way of being, you know, and I don't even know if that is the right thing, like to do. Um, uh, but it is um it was it was. It, it was of course really nice to share this with Svita together. It really was a bonding experience for us, uh than than having that alone when you're like there alone as a woman that is a little bit more I would say, yeah, challenging. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the women are really like coming to you, you know, and telling their problems and, and stories. So on the other hand, you're like really uh, um, seen by the women and they like looking for even, you know, support every day. They would always like share the whole uh, drama stories from their relationships with you. And so...
0: Uh so that was also interesting. Yeah, I mean obviously every every culture is going to have their their different ideas about genders and their roles and their strengths and weaknesses. Are there are there things after having done this work that maybe like ideas that you had before coming that have shifted on on these differences between genders or has it strengthened your ideas? I mean like like one example that comes to mind which which I always found quite funny but also very interesting was uh, someone had asked me to to buy a uh, a pipe for for his partner, who was a woman and and so I went to the the two people who I was working with and uh, the 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 guy, the the maestro uh, handed this one pipe. he's like, ah oh, yeah, th- this will be a good pipe for. Her. And the, the the female maestra, the the woman came and she looks at it and she goes, no 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 no, that's too big, that's a man's pipe. You need this pipe, right. it's smaller. And and she's like, this is the one that's good for her. And I found that very interesting. I mean, there, there's a lot of layers to that. Um, but or, I guess I guess have have has. Have things shifted for you in any way in kind of these gender roles? and 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 do you see that that there are differences? I mean, obviously, as individuals, we're all very different in in our paths and our powers and our abilities and what we're good at, what we're not so good at. But do you notice that, that perhaps there are differences in this world of, of shamanism between kind of the energies that, that men carry versus the energies that women carry? Or do you think it's just very individual and it, it really depends on, 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 on the person that we're speaking about?
1: Um, yeah, like in the, in the work, I, I feel the balance is important because uh, i feel like i feel it needs both it needs like the the female energy as a current there on and the masculine energy as a current there like i would say if you would have the, the a really like complete um experience or oh, for me like in the healing experience it is uh I would say very important for both for for men and for women who are sitting in ceremony. Um, it's just like the the I would say the holistic the holistic thing that can happen in a healing that you have both and that you can um, uh, that that the pasajeros have the opportunity to kind of heal with both energies or also have the opportunity to kind of, what is more important than I had. Uh, I remember last time when I brought a group down there, then they were specific. Then also men asking, can you please come to me and sing for me? Like also men, but men are really, um, benefit uh, have a benefit from like the female en- en- energy in the ceremony and this gender world for me um it, it brought me more yeah in that cultural context it's so hard because it, it you know they, this is how they how they run for a long time in in the Andes you know I had also a funny experience when I was like in my family in the Andes, and I thought the man was really progressive, and he was, uh, he was uh, sitting next to the stove, like here, and here was the soup, and his wife next, like really on the other side of the, of the table, and, and he was like, he could have done like this with the soup, you know, but he said, please, serve me soup. And she had to to go all the way down to give him the soup that has been just next to him, you know. But that that is just the way how they. This is the role. Like, uh, and I was like, what, <laughs> you know? In 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 uh, at home in Italy, we would say, come on, you know. <laughs> but this is something that they run, that they have done for ever, and this is. They, I think, in the cultural context, they have to change it. Right. Like I feel like I'm not like I, I, I have to take care that I have been respected and that I am respected. That that is okay, uh, and I can do that, and I can have my boundaries. That is important, and that is my responsibility. But that is actually what I learned in that experience. In the end, is end in the Amazon. But I cannot come in like an activist uh, and 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 change the gender role uh, in the indigenous communities. That is not how I feel. That is my right or my uh, my my job. I feel that should when happen within their own culture. But I think by taking care of my boundaries and giving and, and taking care of my respect, I already can set example. Uh, and I can already, um, yeah, uh, maybe inspire uh, to have, you know, more of this for for women there. And, uh, the yeah, the other thing with the, that is what I really thought about, the gender and also what it happened to me is like that it kind of pushed me to define my own womanhood. And that's what I talked a lot with Suiza about in a way, you know, we can define my own womanhood. So what is my my most potent um, uh, part of being a woman? Um, and I am not a really like feisty <laughs> person right away. Like I'm more soft. So I felt okay. Okay, then that's my that's my power superpower. <laughs> you know, like uh, somebody else, or a woman. Like I think that is what I learned. Like how am I as a woman in this world, and how when I how when I. Want, how do I want to manifest this, and how can I mani- manifest it? Like really, bringing it back to myself and own it for myself, and say like, okay, this is me, and this is how I walk in this in this world, and this is what my beliefs are as a woman, and that is what I stand for. And 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 so that's actually then in the end where I was really grateful because it pushed me like. No, I'm never going to be like the um like the super um like another Corandero or a steepo there like the Renegade style or whatever. I'm not this. But I have my own and this is how it works and as, as long as I work from my heart with that that is the most powerful thing I can do for me and for others.
0: Mhm. One of the stories, you you may have heard it, but I mean, there's many, but one of the stories that that I often hear with kind of the origin of of uni, of ayahuasca, because it's, um, I'm sure many people know, but if they don't, the the ayahuasca brew is a mixture of two plants. And uh, in in Shipibo, they would call it uni, and the the two plants are nishi, which is the vine, the ayahuasca vine, and and usually kawa or chukruna, which is the plant and And they would often say that the vine is the masculine energy, and the the female energy is the the kawa. And when you combine those, you get uni or or knowledge. so it's it's this duality. and And they would say, which is interesting because even on a scientific level, it seems to be what's happening, which is they they would say the the ayahuasca gives the, the or the masculine gives the mariacion. it it, it gives the effect or it allows the the feminine to work and the feminine is that which gives the vision or that which gives the light. And either of those by themselves don't have the whole power. You need both to be All able right. to experience wisdom. And you, you were talking about this idea which I find very interesting, which is like finding your own power, you know, finding your own strength. What does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a cordandera? What do you think okay. is that balance of you know like if 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 we if we take that story that there are these two forces there's the masculine energy there's the female energy and that it you know the 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 wisdom is combining those two and yet we're all individuals and we all carry to some degree both of those those forces inside of us potentially men carry more of the masculine women carry more of the feminine what is that balance between for you, like honoring the, the inherent qualities that are in us. And at the same time, because so much of healing is about bringing balance. I mean, that's, that's like what holistic medicine means is coming into a wholeness. So what what do you, what do you think is that balance between honoring the strengths we have working on those developing those. And then at the same time, the places where maybe we're out of balance also working on those and uh, this may be kind of a, (laughs) a strange question but do you think it's that we need to be in like a 50 50 balance or it's really honoring the strengths we have really developing those but then at the same time trying to fill in the areas where we're maybe lacking where we're out of balance
1: I, I think it um, uh, the one thing doesn't uh, exclude the, the order. like I feel like it goes it goes like um, uh, the same like contemporary uh, when you kind of find your own power within and and you can kind of with, always rely on that and you connect to that that can help you. To, to balance out the other things that you're lacking or that need to be still healed or need to be completed. Like I feel like this all, I think when you, and this is for like, yeah, everybody, it's like to find your own uh, your own wisdom, your own, that is what I had one time in one of my diets that came like as a question, what is the most powerful force of your soul? Find that. Find that and that is yours. It is already there. You just have to connect with it and you have to strengthen it and you have to take care of it. And when you have this power, with that power in that like as a foundation, bring that into everything. Bring that into, you know, your daily life. Bring that into your relationships. Bring that into your own healing. When you feel defeated, when you feel like I don't want to do this anymore, <laughs> I am done. And am I not done yet? <laughs> or is it why something else is like coming my my way again, and why you have to struggle so much? Don't forget then the most powerful force of your soul, and this is something that everybody has. And I I think then especially. And then that can even help you even more to find, yeah, bring no more balance uh, into your into your healing process by being uh, more whole. That journey to being whole in the healing process it's a it's a long one, and sometimes sometimes we fall back, and sometimes we don't feel whole anymore. But then you know it, it's it's. It's not linear. It's just like coming and then something else is coming up. But I think that with this superpower that everybody can find inside them, this is the number one thing that you can rely on. And the plants help me to look into that. And you can have many other ways to find that. I believe that they are not only the way with the plants.
0: Yeah, I think that actually brings me to the next question which is obviously this is, you know, working with plants is a very specific path. Um and as you mentioned, you know, it, it can have uh, amazing tremendous benefits, but also as you mentioned it's it's maybe not for everybody. What are, right. are are there other are there other traditions or other paths that you found for yourself that that can really complement this work or or even replace it in a way that, that you also find very that have been very powerful for you?
1: Yeah, like for me, it has been very powerful when I started the Somatic Experiencing training by Peter Levin in uh, uh, in LA because. I was at that time in uh yeah in the jungle, I remember, and i was um i was I was working on myself and then but then I thought, what is actually happening with me? what actually happened with me when I had a trauma? I was really interested in that, and then I read the books of people living that ultimately led me to that experience of the training where I learned so much about the nervous system and I still continue learning. It's like a whole world that really was so, it's so beneficial for me and also when I work in integration with people, I use a lot of tools with that to bring it back into the body or even when I bring groups uh, to the jungle uh, have doing some exercises where they can feel their body and maybe they are useful in the ceremony. So I, I believe um, there is a there's a way or a path for everybody, like you said. Everybody has to find their own their own way. Like with plant medicine, uh, it is also very deep and intense, and and not many people are really ready sometimes to really go that way. So maybe they need some other guidance and some other ways. Like for me, the the somatic experiencing the approach. Including the body and and noticing the nervous system and what's actually happening, and just um, yeah, how tremendously and um, those two things are really that that changed for me because they uh, you know, like so beneficial, and I like to combine those two. But there are many people that you know that they can they cannot work with psychedelics, but they find other ways like uh even only through meditation and uh yeah I also since last year I also got into the Joe Dispenza meditations um so i I am also practicing those uh I found them also uh for me personally beneficial, but um. It's it's a good way, also maybe afterwards, of experiencing an integration or some things. But there are many, 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 many ways, I guess, to to find it. It is it is hard to find what helps you. I think that that is really and many people struggle with that. I did. I. I was 34 years old till I thought, oh no, why I didn't have, why did I not find this before? <laughs> didn't find this before, you know that feeling like I could have saved 15 years or something like that. But this was my process. This was my journey to get there, right? So um, I I see that uh, that for many people might be really hard. To try different things, you know, and to find what is really resonating with them. I I feel also what really is helpful in the healing process usually is that when you help, when you find somebody that you can trust, uh, you need to feel safe foremost to start a healing process. And because so much of the trauma (laughs) happens. (laughs) because you were not safe and nobody was there so it's all about for me about support and safety like and you support uh, you feel supported by a practitioner and that you feel safe in order to to heal and to expand the capacity to then to be able to cope with life better so um, yeah so that's that's what I, I work with those two things now, and I'm uh, in somatic experiencing. There is also a touch work included that I am so I found that so so beneficial, uh, and I wanna hopefully this year learn more about it. Uh, it is um, specific touch work in specific areas of the of the body. Where the diaphragms are where um a lot of the surviving energy gets stuck, and it is especially for people who are sometimes you know uh, it depends where you have to see how the person reacts to touch et cetera, but it can be really be beneficial to release that really stored energy of like a uh, self protective response that has not been completed so that people can really have a different breathing or something going on and then this year also for me personally what I got into what was really helpful for me was transformational breathwork as a as a client like i i am also finding that very beneficial for myself
0: How would, how would you, how would you describe the, the transformational? um, And and also, also somatic therapy, because somatic therapy seems to be something that's, that's getting quite popular. You mentioned the touch aspect of it, but how, uh, if someone is interested in that, what, uh, what is that process like when, when you're, you're doing that work?
1: The, um, the the somatic Mm-hmm. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. You said when I do the sobatic, yeah. Um, so the the process is that um, uh, we we as a practitioner, you work with your client. Uh, you um, you give the client the uh, the opportunity to tell the story, uh, but that the body tells the story, not only the words. And that's sometimes what I say to my clients, like, okay, we have that story, but also let include the us bo- include the body in this story. Because the body might even tell us a different story. So it's like breaking down, in a way, the story um, and always bringing it back into the, into the body. Like he would tell me something and I would say, okay, as you're telling me this now, what is actually going on in your body? And then we kind of scan, okay, oh, sometimes you can say body, what kind of body, you know, is happening too, as many people are really numb. But um, then there are different exercises that you can do to kind of feel more your body. and, um, and, um, And also that is kind of a whole journey because you, you, you can go into um, into these tensions or constrictions and ask how they look like, if they have a color, if they have a um, a shape or a texture. So it's it's all about bringing all this also in there, and then also kind of through directing and and also like following, you you kind of bring that the the client to also noticing other parts of the body. And then it's always about also maybe seeing that there is a deactivation happening because sometimes, uh, you know, somebody can be really in a sympathetic charge and then, um, there should be always a deactivation happening, like a pendulation through, um, yeah, like a flow and, and, and always bringing it also awareness and also a big part is educating how, the nervous system is working because so many people don't understand what's going on Uh, they just feel like something is not working with my body I'm always getting I'm always getting so um, anxiety when I do this and that and then when you just really uh, uh, give them the education you know your body is this and this that and so you know uh, that is a huge part of it because they become more aware of the body and they understand the body more so the whole thing is also for me that they get into the collaboration with their body, and so many times we have like my body's not working as I want, and it's this and that, but it, they are like the body's always giving us signs that something is not not okay and 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 then, when we give the the space, and also flowing down in the process, sometimes it's always slowing down a movement, so and you slow down there is more, can be more space created. So especially also in the touch work, when we touch uh, the certain part, you can really uh, change the physiology of the body because when they release the tension, you know, it's really tight, then uh, the, the tissues, they become more space and there's more flow, there's more oxygen and things are coming more in alignment. So it's all about being more in alignment. Also in a in a session where we like work with uh with all this like with the activation and activation and and then also a big part is to orient in the space and to notice what you notice and also noticing what uh what kind of color or texture or Anything is having any effect in my body, and what it means, or what kind of memories are coming up. So it's a whole process. It's kind of yeah, including all these yeah information that the body has, because we he has it's it's a vast has so much information. The body has the memory of everything, you know. Like the mind forgets, but the body doesn't.
0: You, 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 mentioned, this, you mentioned this idea of. Oh, sorry. Of, of um, that uh, most people aren't familiar with how the nervous system is working. How how would you describe that process of how the nervous system works?
1: Yeah, I describe it like this. I always um, it's um, expansion. Contraction, expansion, contraction. It's for me actually how life works. It's expansion and contraction. And a healthy nervous system works like having a good flow in between expansion and contraction. And it's not a healthy nervous system. is not that you are never getting angry, that you are not uh, running away when you see any threat. You know, <laughs> so it's like that's actually healthy. You know, like the synthetic charge, the juice, like, oh, something is happening. I have to, I have to be in alert. That is all, that is all, um, really healthy. But then it comes back into like the, 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 the flow is the, the fluidity is important between those things. That's what I would say, like, really simply. When something happens that, interrupts this flow. There can be a constriction happening like a con- and then something else happens on top of it and then on top of it and then everything gets tighter. and then the nervous system tries to... And then people can be, um, you know, in a constant situation of flat because it has not been... Deactivated, or the body doesn't remember that the threat is over, and then a little thing happens, and the body's right back in that situation, and is reacting to all the situations before. But you know, maybe you you can relate to that even in relationships when we are talking to each other, and sometimes uh somebody's saying something, and then the other person is like reacting, and you were like, really, oh, whoa, 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 what was that? But sometimes that person is not even reacting only on that, what you say, but on, on a lot of, ex- of experiences that, that have been before. So uh, it's um, this nervous system is a really exquisite miracle thing because nobody has a, a, a nervous system like you have. It's, an, it's so unique, you know, and nobody has a nervous system like anybody else. It's like everybody has nervous system that is so unique in their own way. And actually, one of the things for the practitioner is always to um, to learn how nervous system works and to get to know, oh, this is interesting, like that, because there can be, like, very twists and turns. And, and especially, like, a session never, like, is planned before because you have to go, what is coming up. And that is actually the way how a ceremony works and how you think to a person too. you know, you can start at one point, but then you'll have to follow and direct and, and see, you know, what's coming up. Yeah.
0: Mm. <laughs> is, is that something that can be worked on remotely? Or it's, it's much better to, to do it in person with a practitioner?
1: Yeah, I work remotely because I now, especially, but I work remotely, but also when I have the opportunity, I work also in person. And um, yeah, of course, I am very interested in more, more and more to include the touch work as well, and that is then in person It's as well. But also, I have uh, clients that I work with remotely, of course, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's possible. <laughs>
0: And and mainly remotely, just because of the whole COVID situation, the pandemic that's going on, that's just the easier way. Or
1: yeah, but also remotely, I had that also before already because my clients are usually clients that I that have come come from the from the ceremony work, and they live in different parts. So, so they they had an experience at Nivara, or they, you know, or they when I brought a group or something like that. So, and then the follow-ups or something. So they are living remotely over the <laughs> over different places, and I was traveling a lot too, you know, like since last year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what are what, what is what has that experience been like for you this last year with with the, the lockdowns and the COVID situation? Do you do you have any thoughts about that on a on a personal or kind of on a on a bigger yeah. scale?
1: Yeah, so um I was um last year, I think exactly this time, I kind of left Peru and went to Colombia and wanted to do my the first time I wanted to do a trip on my own, and I had this like great idea to, uh, for yeah, I never been traveling alone. In that way, I was traveled, you know, to Peru, where I knew people and stuff. And then uh, I was one day there, and everything <laughs> changed. And I, and I remember you wrote me, <laughs> I said, "Where are you?" <laughs> You you wrote me and said I want to get to the Sacred Valley. I'm happy you made it <laughs> eventually. And um, so, as everybody, I had to you know to accept the circumstances and to say okay, this is not going to happen. And at that time, I was a little worried because um, COVID hit really hard Italy, so I was very sad about that. And I uh, eventually was so lucky that my friend, Francisco, who is uh, Joe's cousin, uh, who lives in Medellin, said I come and stay with me. So I stayed with him for three months in a a beautiful thing. I haven't seen anything from Colombia in three months, but uh, a beautiful thing. (laughs) And um, it was a really um, deep experience. Like after three months, then I decided to come home. Uh, on a rescue flight and and that for me on a personal thing on my experience was very important because I I never felt home I I never really felt really comfortable here. I always felt very different and that was also the reason why I left to Peru. And not fitting in this region here is so beautiful, but people are very traditional and very close-minded. And it's very hard to explain my life to here, to that standard. It's like people sometimes look at me, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's, it's, And then I realized, okay, I came here and now I'm stuck here. And I always wanted to run away. And always when I come, up, come back home here, I was the first weeks, I always felt really bad. All my really, really, like, my bad traumas happened here. I always felt I had to really run away. So this now gave me the the opportunity to really go deep and really um, look into that, into these wounds that I have um, that happened here and uh, that I never was able to look into. So the the whole COVID situation pushed me to be in the present moment, and to uh, it's a whole teaching for me because it really um, gave me that opportunity to to find um, forgiveness and peace with my home region here, which I was always struggling with. I don't want to live here, I know that, but I think I have now a different way to move forward in maybe finding another place to live for myself without having this resentment, because I had a huge resentment for the place here. And I I feel I had the opportunity now to to kind of work this out in a different way and it also felt for me I did all that other work now in the last ten years for me personally and now I come back here and I'm stuck here and now you have to really look at it in a really deeper way. But everything that I did before was the foundation to be able to do this. And not easy I <laughs> can tell you. But uh, but but I I I just felt I have to do it, otherwise I will be always have this conflict and so i i feel this whole yeah situation is not what i would have choo- chosen but it's uh what i was meant to have and what i needed for right now and i feel i feel in in general for me this is also a moment where i feel like Okay, what are we willing to do for each other or what are we willing to do for the other other person, for other people's good? And so that is what I want to like focus on in a way. So I, um, I feel, yeah, I feel very blessed that I had this opportunity also to come back home and share time with my parents which is really interesting and a lot of people would say oh my god and a lot of people also said oh this must be and i said no it's actually the opposite because i had a lot of feeling with my with my dad happening i never felt so seen by him and we are having like this whole different opportunity and relationship and also my My mother is always listening to me like I can actually share my process with her, and she understands it and so it's like such a beautiful um moment in a way where I feel really really blessed and yeah, I don't like it to be you know not be able to be mobilizing because we are still facing a really hard lockdown here which. In Italy is very strict that we cannot leave the municipality and that is is hard and I have been in a lo- in a very strict quarantine and lockdown for the last year a long time a lot like it's a different kind of diet for sure um, but I try to make the best out of it and I try to be you know kind to myself and I don't want to like resent the situation because I feel, I can take so many things out of it. There are moments and moments and I can be sad. When I'm sad, I can be also, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. But then I just really like taking care of the emotion. And then it's like, you know, trying to be this, you know, and not getting stuck in one, like trying to be fluid between expansion and constriction. Yeah,
0: beautiful. Do you have a sense okay. of 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 kind of the future of do you do you want to kind of continue to integrate this plant work and the somatic therapies and the meditation? do you Do you think you'll still be be bringing groups to Ni Weirao or or do you do you have any sense of the direction yeah. that you're moving in?
1: yeah, I, I I have to. I actually, what was interesting at in these times so although I couldn't do. I couldn't manifest everything I always wanted to do, and also really cut off from my community, and so it felt at one time really lonely and isolating. But I also feel I have new dreams, you know, and I have I I I I developed new dreams for myself, which I haven't done before, where I see myself, what I wanna bring, well, you know, how I wanna yeah support people i wanna bring groups to milano for sure and um i'm also calling Ricardo and he, said, he said, when it's possible you have to come <laughs> I said, yeah it's fine i i really come and uh but i don't know you know at pl- at in terms of plans in italy it's really hard to to do because it's it's all this like rules so we cannot it's very in the moment, like, okay, none I can do. But the good thing is I am, you know, I'm free, I'm remote, so I can just, you know, I can also leave from one day to another. And um, I want to continue somatic experiencing. I actually want to do a training this year. This is a big train for me. Uh, another training, like a master, a master training. I want to learn more. I, I want to grow more. I want to, like, yeah, I want to want to continue on that and ultimately also diet more and yeah live more
0: (laughs) you you mentioned this project uh, i don't know if you're still involved in it but in the andes is is that something you are still involved in and maybe you could talk a little bit about that
1: yeah no yeah it um it actually we uh, uh we kind of concluded it with um which was a really, it was a whole project. We had a team, an Peruvian team working there. And she, and they, uh, we, we were trying to give them a, a lot of responsibility. And then I, in 2015, I made a huge, we organized a huge fundraising with a movie, uh, documentary that has been aired here in this region. And that was a huge fu- fundraising. So they became a budget. And then with that budget they could manage it and see how to work through it. And so they are continued to doing this. Of course, everything changed also over the years already before COVID, because we had a teenager project, but then over the years the teenager were not interested in working this anymore. Like it's it's also it also was changing the whole um social situation in a way. Uh we had also and that but a lot of things are still running because we had uh a little uh workshop or manufactory of people uh, with handicaps. They were like um collecting um uh plastic bottles and then um, the, making all of that. Um they made all of the products of the like plastic bottles or cans. They made all these like nice products and they sold them and that's still running. And a lot of other things are still running because the, 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 the team uh, decided to continue, uh, which I was really uh, happy about. So they like on a, even on a, uh, on a a volunteer basis because they were also paid by the found by the funds that we were uh, finding. So, but then they just continued uh, well, volunteering, and it changed and shifted. So they were just meeting once a week, but it's kind of still uh, working. I am I'm still involved a lot with my friend, Chao because she has uh, also that, um healthcare project. So I was always also helping out there and i always visit and stay there and i uh i learned still a lot from here from her and then in the covid situation of course also uh i got we got back into supporting and doing a fundraising for people also i also could fundraise something for the village in uh, like for groceries in the village in near to the Niverau center and um, so I was do just I do little things to uh, still involved a little bit I would say now that I'm speaking I noticed <laughs> but it was it's not like before you know but but um, but it's it's about the relationships because you know they continue and then you wanna you know support in when you when you can in, in the right way, you know, uh, or trying at least in the right way to support. And, um, and, and, and I always enjoy a lot hanging out, uh, with my friend, in the Andes because she has so much wisdom and then she's always like, um, yeah, teaching me still a lot. She has a little, a little clinic that she's, uh, Treating people, and now especially treating uh, people that are still having post-COVID issues uh, with homeopathics and um, and and herbs and tinctures and stuff. So, and then she's always writing me or she's doing and what she found out. You know, it's I. Uh, she said, oh. So when you don't have the taste and the smell, you have to use. So what she said? Ah, yeah, you have to wash your mouth with um, uh, vinegar water. So she has she has a lot of um, she has a lot of success with people becoming back their taste with when you wash out your vinegar water, the mouth. Maybe a little tip for any person. So so I like that, you know, to be in communication with her about all these things.
0: Do you yeah. have you found <clears throat> like having spent time in, in the Andes and in the Amazon, um, do you notice differences in those traditions and in kind of the wisdom that they're they're trying to teach or impart? Or do you think they're getting at the same thing or, or do you think there's there's like specific mm. differences that you've you've seen between the two?
1: Yeah, it is different because also the culture is different. Like I would say, uh, in the Andes, you know, I haven't worked with uh, like many people work with the Caros in the Cusco areas, like really uh, like the Ketra people. So they they might know more about that. Uh, I I like I worked more with mestizo people. Uh, you know, so I, it's, it's it's a little bit different, but, but we work like the patients were sometimes people that even didn't speak Spanish. They only speak Quechua. Uh, so, but that's the gap in the Andes, like they're all elderly. Sometimes they speak only Quechua and their grandsons, they speak only Spanish. There is, that is, that is that problem happening a lot in the Andes. So, uh, which i found really sad um but, um so with charo how i learned from her and how she's like with her she's very open like the Andy's where i was um they they were like yeah very open and very um uh, they're very uh, warm and uh welcoming and and in Shipibo, they you, uh my experience is you need to warm up before it gets a little warmer. <laughs> so it's a different culture <laughs> it's not the, it's that indigenous part is not the warmest cult culture uh, but you need the time and even charo told me because she worked with the with uh with the Shipibos in the um, even in the on the Ucayali on the Ucayali river. So when she was a she was a woman in her twenties, coming and wanting to teach them about hygiene and 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 you um, say like um, salut, uh, and healthcare, and they said we are not accepting anything from you. So she went and went into the jungle for one month alone and did a diet, and then she came out and then they they accepted her. You know, so there's like also in between them, like um, it needs to get warm, <laughs> right? So and then she could—that's uh, what she always told me—that she she was accepted and they were giving her even a shipewo name, but it took it took some time. So I would say, uh, yeah, in that the shipewos are—they—they—they they, they want you. To learn and the wisdom and and all that stuff and it's not all it's not a quick process. I would say that it's very important to know that it's not um, a fast fast train to to learn and and therefore also I like it's also the relationship that you can have with those people and to understand them and the more you are spending time with them the more you get to know. <laughs> how how things are. And in the end, you know, what I learned in my time, you don't have to forget that um, I feel the wounds of the concrete is pretty much noticeable in both cultures. So you know, I have to forget that those people, they have been um, conquered, I say. Yeah, by the Spanish and uh, not treating well. And in Juarez, uh where I where I always spend a lot of time, there are so many mines, gold mines, auto mines. It's like so rich, and it's all from foreign countries. And they are they are exploding. They are not treating well the environment, and they are not paying well the people that are working there. So it's like continuous, um, history repeating, like, when we are, like, respecting their, their land and their, um, their way. So I think, like, that's also a huge part when we are, like, coming and wanting the wisdom and wanting the healing. I think it's also that we come with a humble heart. And respect and say, "Okay, we might not always understand what how they react and stuff, but that's also a reason and a consequence of what they went through as a, as people uh, because of the history, and now we are coming seeking healing and seeking wisdom, but we have to be uh humble and respectful to receive that,
0: yeah. Yeah, beautiful.
1: Yeah.
0: A, a question I, I always like to ask, and I know this is a big question, but in, with this idea of these master plans, what what do you think they're trying to teach us, or uh, on an individual level and, mm-hmm. and as humans in general? The the, the million dollar question.
1: I, million dollar. Oh God! I give you my PayPal. <laughs> um. On a personal level, I think they want to teach us to get rid of the baggage that holds us back to live a meaningful life. Like they want to teach us to heal, they want to teach us to be honest with ourselves, to, uh, they want to teach us to be kind with ourselves, and with others and respectful and um, they want to teach us the connection that everything is connected everything is energy and everything has a consequence any any act any yeah any any words in a way I would say has an impact and that we are responsible for this and we are responsible for the world and we are responsible for uh the nature and we are responsible for uh how we treat other people and how we want to be that shows also how we want to be treated and um and uh they want to I think you know Global level they wanna give us the con like they wanna teach us to be con ca- conscious or have conscious living like what is it that you are is important for you in life? what is the ultimately thing that you is important for you and um they wanna teach us that. I mean, for me, I would say it's it's important to have, you know, always that a better life quality that reflects also then on my surroundings and reflects with with the people that I'm dealing with and um, everything that I can, you know, do to to heal. And I think also what they want to teach us is forgiveness, most of all. And uh, I think forgiveness is this huge spiritual healing that can happen, and sets us free, and sets us free in so many ways, and with with each other too. And uh, and I've, I I I think that. This is when we learn that so much more is happening. This is when we learn like so much more is actually happening that we cannot, uh, might not always see. (laughs) But it doesn't mean it's not uh, coexisting in that way. Because we are not seeing it, but the plants give us the opportunity to tap in sometimes into this world and to see it, and then we have a re- responsibility with that to carry on this wisdom in our lives.
0: <laughs>
1: did I get, did I get, did I get like 200,000 dollars? Or <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's beautiful, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Well, we we are um, we're actually almost at two and a half hours. Uh, so yeah,
1: yeah, wow.
0: <laughs> the, the the time goes by. Is there that that was yeah. beautiful? Thank you so much for all of that. Is is there anything you 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 want to touch on that we didn't that we didn't get to? Anything else that's on your mind?
1: No, I just the only thing that I always um, that that I really care about is like to. Mm, to say that, uh, that healing in general is not, is not easy, but it's very worth it. And, uh, and I just want to say, you know, it's real work, but I feel like this is what we, what is the mission for me. This is the mission like healing and having this journey. And for me, this is what I mean, mean with growing. And so I want to like say that there is possibility to get support and help and, um, and everybody, you know, has its own time and, and all that. But I just want to say that I'm really, really grateful that I had that opportunity and that I have still this opportunity. And I feel that um, the more we heal internally, the more we change the world. To the
0: better, yeah. That's
1: what I wanted to
0: say. <laughs> <laughs> well, beautiful. Thank you so much, Martina. That that was wonderful. I I really enjoyed talking to you. It was, oh, it was thank you again. And and yeah, I, yeah, I hope uh, I hope our paths can can cross one of these days again. Maybe maybe in the jungle at Rao or, or somewhere. In
1: the... I so hope to. <laughs> I hope so too, Jason. I really hope so. Yeah, maybe I I come to see you even in the in the Sacred Valley or anywhere. <laughs> you can...
0: You're you're more than welcome. I, I hope you okay. do. Okay,
1: thank you for having. Yeah, yeah thank was you for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Martina. It was wonderful seeing you, and and uh, I look. Was
1: so great to you again. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Bye, yeah. Jason.
0: Okay, everybody, that is it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Martina. Uh, she's a really beautiful woman. I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you guys uh, learned something. Hopefully, you learned a lot from it. And um, as always, if you're able to support this show, Patreon is a really good option uh, for just a dollar a month and, and upwards. You can subscribe and get really nice benefits like early access to shows, bonus material, QAs. Um, there's also the option of directly donating via PayPal. Both of those links will be in the show notes and then if you're not able to do that simply going in the the youtube channel of the universe within podcast homepage, subscribing to the show turning on the notification bell liking the video that's a really big help in getting the show out to a bigger and broader audience and then with the audio version uh, apple podcast is still the the biggest platform so subscribing to the show there and if you can leaving a short Uh, review and a starred rating. That's a really big help. To all the people who have done that, thank you very much. To all the people who've donated via PayPal, thank you. And to all the Patreon subscribers, thank you very much. I really appreciate your help and support. The next few episodes, uh, I think I'll be having a guy on speaking about Huachuma or San Pedro, who works here in the Valley, um, and another guy, uh, Roman, who runs a really big uh, center also here in the Valley. So they should be really good guests. And then after that, I'm not sure the exact order, but as always, there should be some really good guests coming on. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Thank you all for the support. I hope you enjoyed it, and I will see you on the next episode.